Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture, and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program, we go all in on the metaverse with all the recent hubbub after Facebook announced and their company name being Meta. The idea of the metaverse is entering the mainstream. Uh, we take a look at that. We take a look at uh, Microsoft, who has announced uh, their first moves into the metaverse and metaverse products. We also try to figure out what is Web3 really, which is a term that's been thrown around in this conversation. We are going to talk about this with our special guest, Emmarie de Stad, CEO of Warp Media, that comes on the show later. I'm Conrad Olson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues, Roland Philipp Kletschmar, editor-at-large for Future and Digitization, and our junior editor, Eric Sedin. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Bonjour. Bonjour, Roland. You're back Bonjour. from Paris. Yes, it was an intense week in the world of analog art and fashion and uh, smoking on uh, terraces. I'm not a smoker, but, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, a, it's a time travel when you go to certain countries, you know. Right. It's uh, in parallel to uh, all the dot-com, uh, web free blockchain uh, hubbub, as you say. <laughs> there is a parallel universe where people just relax and don't care about that. That's good to hear. As, as we mentioned on the last show, you were going to Paris. I was going to Umeå and I actually uh, took the car, which is a, an eight hour ride one way. So I, 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 I feel like I spent most of my time in the metaverse or actually on podcasts that were talking about the metaverse. So I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm envious of, of all of your physical experiences. Is there anything you want to recommend from, from Paris? Anyone who, who is going to Paris that shouldn't miss something that you've experienced? Uh, listen, I spent a lot of time uh, walking around, visiting galleries, art museums, etc. Right, but I would recommend Bourse de Commerce. It's uh, François Pinault's megalomaniac um, monument over his uh, interest in art. It, basically, it's a, it's a huge building, central Paris. It it hosts François Pinault's uh, private art collection and much much more. For those that don't know who he is, he is basically the antagonist of. Uh, LVMH. He owns Gucci and many other companies. Uh, he's the second richest uh, fashion um, businessman in the world. And, sure, yeah, sure. Fantastic exhibition space, and yeah, just great experience. Uh, wonderful. I, I've I've seen pictures of that. I would love to 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 see it. Uh, Eric, how, how has the week been in the in the editorial room, so to speak? Any anything new to report? Uh, I... Last week I mentioned the uh, the city guides or like the Scandinavian guides that we do, and uh, today we published uh, one about the island of sun and wind. I don't know. Do you guys know what island that is? I, I should. I feel like I should know uh, since it's a Scandinavian island. Could it be uh, Gotland? It's Erland, the cousin. It's Erland. <laughs> yeah, the, the hipster cousin. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, Who's recommending Erland this week? Uh, Give us the breakdown and and some highlights. It's uh, Alexander Stutterheim, uh, or Stutterheim, I don't know how to pronounce it really, but uh, the uh, designer and creative director and all-around fashion guy. Uh, And uh, so it's really cool to write these guides because we have these sometimes classic touristy places and writing them and editing them, I get to take part in a lot of hidden gems and 
local entrepreneurs and businesses. So at this stage, I'm like a walking lonely planet of Scandinavia, I feel like. All right. So everyone take a look at this weekly guide. We're traveling to Erland uh, uh, next week. We'll be in another place in Scandinavia online. And uh, for anyone who follow us on our newsletters, you, you'll get this in your inbox every Friday. Uh, listen. I've been kind of obsessing about this sort of whole metaverse thing the last week. Uh, there's been so much talk about uh, Facebook uh, uh, changing their name to Meta. We actually, uh, since we recorded Friday morning last week, we had a chance to sort of briefly mention it. Um, I think this is really exciting, mostly I think because we are actually kind of, as we mentioned, entering the mainstream with this term. We've been talking about it quite a lot in the Scandinavian Mind universe. Uh, actually, humble brag, uh, got, I got called up yesterday from the, the Swedish national television, uh, Culture News, who wants to interview me today about digital fashion with regards to the metaverse. So it says something about how this conversation sort of has elevated. Um, so I thought we, we should do a little special and talk about, you know, one of the Swedish experts, Amari Dostarch, is coming on the show in a few, in a few minutes. Uh, just a few uh, uh, reflections on this. Uh, uh, Roland, uh, have you had the chance to th think about this metaverse while being in Paris the last week? <laughs> well, I didn't think so much about it during this week, but I've been thinking about it during the past year, let's say, mm. so I, I or years. I, I think, um, as you say, it kind of entered the mainstream because uh, Facebook changed their name, because um, Microsoft has announced that they are also entering the metaverse space. But listen, I mean, if you think about it, the gaming industry has been present in the metaverse for years. Uh, it's nothing new. It's just that it's, it's kind of this tipping point, right, as we talk about uh, but what I've been reflecting about is maybe that we should also have this kind of healthy, um, sober view on, on what we're seeing here. Uh, you know, I think both you and I, Conrad, are old enough to have experienced both the introduction of Web 1, <laughs> you know, kind of internet going mainstream. Mm, we have mm. Web 2, kind of social media going mainstream. Now with Web 3, you know, we're talking about uh, kind of app development on decentralized blockchain cryptocurrencies, metaverse, and all of this, right? You know, I, I think we've seen the, the, the hype a few times before. We have to be sober. It's not going to change the world as fast as media wants us to, to believe. But obviously, yes, uh, we are uh, seeing this tipping point. It's going to have an impact. And what I think is interesting is a few years ago, and maybe Emma can, can shed some light on this, when we talked about... Uh, some sort of, um, uh, you know, digital experience, let's say, you know, augmented mm. reality or virtual reality or whatever you want to mm. call it. We said, okay, this is going to be huge in, from an entertainment perspective, but with the announcements of Facebook and, and now Microsoft, what we're seeing is maybe that a tipping point will come through um, how we experience work and how we perform work. Right. As, as Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's the sort of first obvious use case outside of gaming, because as you said, you know, if you ask our, our sons and daughters, they are experiencing the metaverse on a daily basis within Roblox or, or Fortnite or, or any of these games that actually are connecting people, they're meeting their friends there, they're buying digital assets, they're doing all these things that that, uh, you know, the grown up world is now waking up to and calling calling the metaverse. 
uh, but it's it's kind of obvious that the first use case is uh, uh, work because as adults we spend so much time in work we have spent so much time in digital work environments the past you know 18 20 months or so with with the pandemic it just skyrocketed so I guess one could argue that zoom or teams or meets or or any of these sort of uh, um, meeting places is kind of like a forerunner to some kind of, of metaverse. We're meeting each other digitally. Some people are even changing their backgrounds. Uh, I've seen examples of people changing their outfits in Zoom. It's not that common, but but it is there. So it's kind of like a first uh, stumbling steps into into some of these uh, concepts. Have you guys seen the? I haven't really read up on the Microsoft announcement. Have you guys? Any of you guys seen it? Uh, can you can you give me a breakdown? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've seen it, and and uh, you know, my my day job, we use Teams extensively. You know, we have tens of thousands of employees globally, so so we follow the progress uh, closely. Mm. I mean, they, they're basically. Uh, saying that uh, a Teams meeting, then you should, as you you pointed out, Conrad, you know, you should be able to kind of create more kind of virtual experiences of meetings. You could you could have your own avatar, etc. So it's, it's not that, let's say, advanced uh, yeah. what they're proposing, and maybe actually that is the key for success. But what I'm a bit concerned about is that if you ask our kids, if you ask young, a younger generation. They they would never say that you know oh now I'm entering the metaverse you know the realities <laughs> are just blurred it's physical it's online right. it doesn't matter it's the same reality and I I, I feel a bit let's say frustrated that um, that media wants to kind of label something as the metaverse it's just one experience it's it's just the universe just you know. So I, I think that that in itself is, is going to be um, interesting to follow as well. Well, I, I, I believe I think there's a case to argue for uh, uh, some of these worlds being different than what we've experienced before, uh, uh, given the sort of immersive uh, prospects of some of these VR and AR uh, applications. And and I'm going to look forward to talking to Emma about this. Uh, but what's interesting, we talked about the Web three and. Um, one thing to reflect upon as well is, you know, is it going to be a big major corporation that uh, builds the builds the um, you know Web three for us? Because uh, you know, if you look at other parts of the sort of debate around this or discussion around around this, the whole you know upside of Web three is decentralization. It's blockchain. It's it's we're we're selling digital assets as NFTs. Uh, artists can sell their work directly to the consumer without intermediaries like like you know record companies or or Spotify's or galleries or whatever it may be. Uh, so it's kind of the notion that one big company like Facebook is going to be the the forerunner for this seems so, sort of counterintuitive when you look at from from that lens. What do you think, Roland? I, I totally agree. I, I think it's it's ridiculous <laughs> to to kind of read uh, read articles about this because uh, you know Web three is about total decentralization. Mm. It is basically, I would say, trying to push internet back to the infancy, to the early years when it was decentralized, when it was free, democratic, it was not owned by corporations, mm. right? And I think that is the strength of uh, Web3, of blockchain, of the whole cryptocurrency kind of um, 
let's say, sphere, that it is about uh, gaining freedom again. Because mm. internet, as we know today, it is very, very controlled. And the same internet that we have here in Sweden is not the same internet you would have in China, in Iran, in the US or other parts of the world. So this is also interesting. I mean, the internet that we got to know 20 years, 25 years ago, Conrad, that's not the same internet as today. And Web3 might actually be one solution to kind of push it back to, to the or origins. Wonderful stuff. So we're going to welcome Emma Riedestad. All right, we are now here with Emma Riddestad, the co-founder and CEO of Warpin Media. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, you were actually on the podcast, uh, uh, you know, I think six months ago or something. We were talking about many of these concepts that have now sort of floated up to the to the mainstream uh, upon Facebook announcing their their name change, uh, sort of metaverse being talked about, you know, all over the place. Uh, one of the things we talked about then is kind of this notion of the tipping point. And we talked about uh, some of these technologies like VR and AR that they kind of haven't reached their tipping point. Um, would you say now with, with all this sort of uh, uh, talk about the metaverse, is this kind of a, a mental tipping point of sorts? Are people coming around to some of these concepts? Uh, how do you look at it from your perspective? Well, I think we're definitely going to remember this time as the time when we started talking about the metaverse, the same time when we started talking about the internet or when we mm. started talking about smartphones. We are in the beginning of, you know, the mainstream going forward and really, you know, taking a look at these technologies and what it can do. So I think we're definitely in the beginning. This is not just a you know, a fly or something, this is here to stay. Yeah, obviously, for those who don't know Warping Me, but maybe we should give a little bit of an intro, but you've been in this uh, sort of space or, or, or side of the business for, for quite some time. Uh, so what does this mean for your business, what you're doing now? Does it have, does it have any sort of short-term effects or is it more like uh, a change of perspective in, in, the, in, in the commons, so to speak? Well, I think, you know, we, we saw before the metaverse came up that the interest for especially training in virtual reality kind of exploded. And there were many reasons mm. because of that. And also, you know, within retail and AR, it has exploded. This also happened before metaverse, the word kind of came out. So I think from a point of view where people are getting curious about what the metaverse is, we're, we have to take a step back and kind of realize, okay, where are we now? How far in the future is this going to come? And what bits and pieces are we going to see that are going to shape the metaverse? And what are we going to see that is going to come first? So this is going to take, it's going to take a couple of years to build this. And it's going to take, you know, we're going to fall a couple of times and we have to get up again. We have to solve problems that we're facing with internet today. We have to be able to solve those in metaverse. But there are some parts of the metaverse that are, you know, really taking off as we speak. Uh, we did a, a, a small survey on our website this week where you and Karina Nobbs of Did uh, They Materialized uh, conducted your answers on uh, the metaverse. And it's interesting because you said it would take five to 10 years for like a mainstream adoption, but she actually said 12 to 24 months. Do you think there mm -hmm. will be a lot of like different takes on how long this will be to, to be fully mainstream? 
Yeah, I think also it depends on what you're defining the metaverse as. Um, for me, it's this seamless kind of transition between apps where you can go from VR to AR, you can work, you can socialize, you can do all of these things that you're doing today on your smart smartphone, but you're doing them in 3D. So, I mean, I think we're going to see definitely some parts of the metaverse in 12. We're seeing some parts right now, but I think if we're getting there from a technical point of view and everything that needs to be figured out, I think it's going to take a little bit longer. I think it's interesting to to observe. I mean, for for those of us that have, has, have been around for some time now, so we had internet kind of going mainstream in the 90s. That took maybe 10 years to go really, really mainstream and gain large, large adoption worldwide. And then we had uh, kind of social media with web, web 2.0 going mainstream <clears throat> around 2007, 8, etc. That took maybe five years to go really large, you know, to have large adoption because of hardware devices, etc. Now with web three and with 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 um, the metaverse, etc. And, and these kind of immersed experiences, I think the big breakthrough is really, really dependent on hardware. And it's oh, yeah. for me, I mean, I've been trying to kind of scan the different trend reports and market analysis and, you know, trying to kind of figure out what's going on in the in the different chat forums, etc. <clears throat> and the, the analysis there. But it's really, really hard to predict when the big breakthrough is going to happen in, in hardware. Emma, what is your take on this? Because, I mean, that is definitely going to be uh, a critical point here, right? Yeah. So I think from a business to business perspective, um, you know, there are hardwares right now that work perfectly for the types of tasks that we need. But if we're looking at a broader perspective, and if we're talking mainstream right now, we need someone like Apple to release something that is fashionable, that is, you know, that makes us want to use this because, you know, technology, if it comes right now, it has to bring something to the table that makes it much, much easier. And for us to wear head-worn, for example, glasses, they have to be not only be able to show us where to go on the streets, it has to, show, to, to be able to do something that people really want to wear these glasses. So I think it's going to take a, a, you know, a couple of iterations of that hardware before we get there. But I do believe that Apple or someone like Apple will have to release something that is a little bit more, um, that makes it worth your while to wear glasses. And, and you're mentioning Apple, not Facebook. Facebook, I mean, obviously, I think all of these companies are investing uh, quite a lot in these uh, types of, of technologies, including hardware. And obviously, mm. Facebook bought Oculus, I think it's now seven years ago. So I think mm -hmm. they're, they're building many of these bets or, or uh, upon that. But do you, you, you think Apple's going to be the one rather than Facebook to, to announce this sort of breakthrough physical product? I don't know. Apple have a, has a history of doing things yeah. in a, you know, in a, in a great way. Um, I mean, Facebook has been very focused from what I've seen on virtual reality. And I think Apple will be focused on augmented reality. So I do think that Apple will be the first that, you know, releases the augmented reality glasses. And then going forward, we will see a transition between the hardware. So it won't be virtual reality and, and augmented reality headsets. There will be a mix of them. Emma, right. can I ask you, um, when I look at this from the sideline or trying to look at it from the sideline, um, 
something that is both kind of puzzling me and annoying me is actually the term metaverse. Mm. Because if we if we think about what we're seeing here, as you say, you know, it's it's going towards this kind of seamless experience of, you know, digital uh, environments mixed with physical environments, etc. But if you would ask, for example, uh, our kids or even someone a bit older, a 20-year-old, they would never say that their experience online is you know, a different reality from the, the physical reality. I mean, it's just one reality. Um, um, what, is your, what is your point of view here? I mean, will it be, let's say, uh, a challenge, a, a bigger challenge that we are now fixing all these developments to the term metaverse? Or, you know, just curious to hear your point of view on this topic. Yeah, but I think that this kind of helps people to understand that we're not talking about, you know, just gaming or experience or fun. We're talking about life. We're talking about our everyday life. We're talking about, you know, going to work, meeting people, having, you know, taking notes, uh, doing all of those things. All of those things are going to be part of the metaverse. And I totally get your point, but I think it's a good way of trying to explain that this is not you know, a separate kind of entity. It's that what we're doing on our phone today that we're going to do in 3D. So I would definitely agree with you that it's, it's one world. It's, it's what we're doing now. People are saying, but, oh, aren't we going to be, you know, hooked in this metaverse? Aren't we going to get stuck in there? But it's like we're, we're stuck with our phones today. It's almost the same thing. This is just going to liberate us, I think, from the 2D screen, from a very small, flat area, mm. and to kind of you know, expand our creativity much more. Mark Zuckerberg actually made this point. He did an interview with the, the Stratechery, Ben Thompson, after, uh, you know, after his, or in conjunction with, with his uh, uh, announcing the new name change. And he talked about uh, this perspective of, of you know, uh, the real world versus, uh, quote unquote, the real world versus the metaverse. And he said, like, they're, they're both the real world, right? Yeah. One is digital, one is physical. And uh, I agree that the sort of terminolo terminology matters I think they, it matters more so in these early stages when people need to sort of uh, understand some of these concepts uh, and you know open their minds to them to 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 kind of uh, you know you know understand how they're going to be using them. We talked before you came on, Emma, about sort of uh, work being the obvious next use case outside of gaming, uh, sort of mm. sort of the first sort of adult uh, uh, use case in the metaverse. Uh, would be, uh, you know, workspaces. I know you've been doing some work with education, also relating to kind of like corporate uh, environments, uh, educating staff and that type of stuff. Where do you see the next types of, of use cases, uh, some that, that you are working on right now, or, or and what, what do you see next on the horizon? Well, most definitely, I think we're going to see the training and the education through virtual and augmented reality. It's just going to explode because the results are so overwhelming. It's, it's like you can reduce work-related injuries with up to 43% if you're training in VR. Uh, and there are so many you know, great benefits of, of using this technology. So I definitely think that work-related um, topics are gonna be huge within VR and AR first. To your point, I mean, entertainment and fun and experience, all of those are great examples on how to use 
um, this technology. But I, I am a true believer that the real, real benefits of this technology will be in us being able to work much more creatively, uh, democratizing knowledge, being able to to kind of democratize education and to make people work together much more across the globe. I mean, in this space, you can share a digital space between you where you can actually interact with digital objects if you're, you know, on two different sites on this planet. So for me, it's a lot about connecting people, communication and, you know, working together uh, within this technology. So I think we're going to see a lot of much more applications that are going to be focused on not only meeting people, but actually creating something together. I, I totally agree with you here, Emma. <clears throat> you know, I've, I've worked from home 20 plus months uh, and, you know, during my day job. And uh, I, I, I think the, the the main conclusion after those 20 months is that where we are today with the current technologies, it is impossible, I would say, to be very creative uh, you know there are obviously some tools that you can use for workshopping etc but it's, it's it's really really a challenge so I, I think this is what is needed if we're going to kind of keep on working in this hybrid uh, way and you know reduce uh, corporate traveling etc I mean we, we just need to find solutions for co-creation and, and improving creativity and I think maybe then Whatever we want to call it, but metaverse as type of solutions will will be um, will be key. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think that we are in that time right now where, you know, depending on what steps you take and what technology you kind of bring into your company or your school or whatever, it's going to give you a leverage going forward um, in this technology. I, you know, we see a lot of international people want to talk, you know, from all over the world about this. Uh, it's from governments to, to big corporations looking at, oh, this is really going to kick off. This is really going to help. I mean, Globe Economic Forum, I think, said that 50% of all uh, corporate uh, employees need upskilling or reskilling by, by the year 2025. Uh, Every little girl or boy who goes to, to preschool today, 40% of them will have jobs. We have no idea what they will be. So I think the time is now to actually start to, to dig deep in these technologies and see what they can actually do. Emma, I'm, yeah, I'm just out of curiosity. What would you say is the major challenge then in the next couple of years? What might actually stop progress? Because now there's a hype, right? Yeah. Uh, wherever we read, it's very positive. It's encouraging. It's you know engaging, etc. But we all know that there will be challenges along the way. What yeah. can stop progress? I think what we learn from history is that nothing can really stop it. It's going to come. It's all going to depend on how we kind of tackle it. We have the same problems. We're going to have the same problems in the metaverse as we have online today. There's a lot of questions around privacy, around bullying, all of those. We need to to consider and we need to keep working on. It's also like we talked about before, I think hardware, the hardware need to be fashionable, smaller, make sense in that sense. I think we're gonna see a lot of that coming, but it could also delay. I do think also now that if people are looking at this and, and thinking that we will have a full on fleshed out working metaverse in the next couple of years, people will be disappointed. So there's always this, you know, when there's a hype and everyone look at, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And they're kind of expecting that to happen 
you know, the first metaverse experience, if you know what I mean. So I think that people have to to um, consider that this is a technology that is is going to be built uh, as we speak, so that people don't expect it to full fleshed out. So we're not in Ready Player One anytime soon, uh, before uh, next summer or so. No, I don't think so, and and I do hope it becomes much more, uh, you know, diverse than Ready Play One because a lot of people talk about the metaverse and look at it from a virtual reality point of view, where it's gaming and it's fun, mm. and that's all good. But you know, metaverse is going to be a lot of different layers. We're going to have an enterprise metaverse, for example. We're going to have, you know, a, a gaming metaverse. We're going to have a you know, education and metaverse. They're going to be sub metaverses in the metaverse, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about the definition because sometimes people talk about the metaverse as, as it is one thing, kind of like the internet that we're all kind of you know surfing on. That that you said in in the beginning that we all we ho- have this one platform that that we have these sort of services and websites and and networks and 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 so, so to speak. But other people talk about se- several different types of metaverses, and then it's more like like individual services or like individual rooms or individual spaces like gaming what mm. what actually what makes it a metaverse as opposed to just one virtual reality experience that you jump into yeah well i mean this is a philosophical question and it all depends on how you kind of look at metaverse as you said but i think that the the main thing is this transition between virtual and augmented reality and that it's seamless, that you can actually go from one app to another app and it makes sense and it saves time and it it's much more fun. All of those parameters must be there if this is going to work. But for example, if I were to uh, go in and have a, and work today, I would probably not go in and, you know, look at my Instagram kind of social metaverse network. I would probably go into a, maybe a different setting or a different you know, style or what that makes sense for me working. So it's, it's, I mean, it's going to look different for everyone. Everyone is going to be able to customize this the way that they want and that suits them. I think that's a, a good point you make there also about kind of identity that I, I listened to some kind of um, weird philosophical podcast the other day. I, I can't even kind of, um, <clears throat> Uh, recall what they talked about it was quite complicated but what, what, what one part that i i kind of uh, took note of is identities right and that we at this stage have multiple identities but where maybe our parents and grandparents they had maybe one or a couple of identities mm. we can have hundreds of identities and that's okay you know you have uh, one roland on on linkedin a second one on facebook a, a third one at work a fourth one with a, one group of friends, a fifth one with a second group of friends, and I can go on mm. forever with this, right? And I think mm. th- th- what has been, um, let's say, a bit of a challenge, I would say, in the last couple of years is to truly uh, create uh, deep uh, separate identities online. And, and maybe with a metaverse, uh, this will then be an opportunity where individuals can then shine and really develop Uh, very separate identities in these different metaverses as you talk about them. Yeah, probably. But it also, I mean, people are, you know, like diamonds. It's like we have these different facets. Like when you're shining a light from one side or another, 
So it's it's also like being able to kind of show all your different facets, right? I'm very excited about the metaverse in that sense that we're going to be able to be much more creative. Humanity as as a species, right? What makes us very special for towards other mammals are, you know, empathy and creativity, right? And to be able to really give humanity tools to be able to create and communicate and put yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, the the screen that we are looking at, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, people hurting, but in being able to stand in someone else's shoes and feeling what they are feeling in the same way, I think is going to be very, very interesting going forward. And I mean, we're talking about 5G. I'm looking at 6G and I, I see that this is going to be like the internet of senses. Mm-hmm. We're we're going towards something where we're going to be able to smell and feel and touch and be present also online. And I think that those are very, very interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, I also think that that uh, people in these kind of transition pe- periods, we, we, you talk about this we, we sort of skeuomorphic thinking that we, we try to uh, marry something old uh, or applying it into the, the new technology, uh, you know, mm. the way sort of the first cars were looked like uh, horse carriages and uh, the first mobile phones, uh, the note apps looks like notepads and so, so to speak. And now we're talking about, you know, meeting rooms or like conference rooms. That's going to yeah. be the first application, which is sounds super simple. And I think we, we have, you know, we, hate, we, have, we have ain't seen nothing yet uh, in terms of the applications that can occur when, identities get dissolved you know my daughter talks about her roblox avatar as herself that is should mm. i wear this you know cap should i wear this thing and she holds up her phone and, and, and shows me her avatar so it's we're kind of in the beginning and and uh, it's exciting it's exciting to hear your sort of positive view on this emma just just as an end note we have to wrap up here uh, is there anything else you're excited about right now in this in the short term uh, when it comes to this that you want to share uh, something that you, um, uh, you know, recommendations that you give your employees or people around you when it comes to, to this topic? To have a, a positive view of the future. It's so easy to get, you know, very dystopian when you talk about technology and you're talking about what can happen. You know, we are the creators. We are the ones who will build this. So the the... The ways that we can use this for our benefits are, you know, just our imagination that's going to stop us. So I, I would really, you know, just want to encourage everyone to have a look at this and see how it can benefit their own lives. All right. Let's have a positive view of the future. Emma Riddestad, CEO of Warping Media. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you. All right, guys, this was a great show, a great conversation uh, with Emma Riedestad. Uh, we are now uh, in November. Uh, week 45 is upon us soon. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to in the, in the week to come? Actually, I am really excited for next week as I've started this email conversation with a robot expert, a uh, Swedish robot expert. I won't uh, name drop her yet. You will have to see online and maybe we can talk about it next Friday. Uh, Exciting talking stuff. about how robots can help in uh, the hotel business. Wonderful, wonderful. Roland, how about you? I'm excited because I'm starting to plan in my head uh, editorial pieces for issue three. 
coming out next year scandinavian mines so you know that's long-term planning conrad yeah i, I love <laughs> that feels far away but you know 2022 is going to be upon us you know in a second or or so uh of course i'm looking forward to the enormous fame that's going to come from my uh being interviewed on swedish national television so uh, uh really looking forward to that You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olsson. This show was edited by Erik Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.